0: Hello, hello! It's episode five of Beauty and the Cleats. For full transparency, I just did that entire intro, and it was not live, so that was a repeat. But run it back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Kaylee Chakosky. I'm here with Ruth the Truth Kegius. How are you?
1: I am amazing. Uh, You know, two weeks of football in. It's been great. We're back to sports. It seems you know we're back to some type of normality right now. It feels good. My cowboys won, feels even greater. Doesn't matter how we won, but we won. So that's all that matters <laughs> at the that end is, of the day. That's
0: all that matters. Yes. Right. So I'm feeling great. Great. I Still what nice are you drinking? Episode five. We made it to episode five. This is actually like kind of insane. I thought it was episode four. It's episode five. That's how yeah, much I said I'm episode five. Yeah. Time so. flies when you're having a good time and, and making a <laughs> podcast, I guess. This is true. This part is true. Yeah. So we're going to have a really exciting guest on the end of this podcast. So please stay tuned for Annie Agar. Agar? Not Agar, sure yeah. Agar? Yes. So she makes the hilarious TikToks. I'm sure everyone watching this has seen them where she has like NFL teams or Big Ten or whatever in a Zoom conference. And then they're all just saying really funny, relevant things to what's happened. She's a yeah. gem. So we're excited to have her on at the end. Super excited. So don't leave. Don't fall off. Yes. Thank you to everybody
1: who's tuning in right now, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at. We appreciate you being here for episode five. And yeah, it's only going to get better from here. So uh, buckle up. It's
0: it's getting better. Stay tuned. We'll jump in. We'll jump into NBA. I am very excited to talk about Anthony Davis and his game-winning three-pointer and his little tribute to Kobe. I thought it was very, very touching. I loved every second of it. Weren't they wearing the black mamba jerseys as well? They were. They yes. were. And it was it was the best. I love that. I wanna hear your thoughts on it because I I watched it probably a hundred times already. Yes. So yeah.
1: Well, I thought it was hilarious that when he started the celebration, he like bulldozer, uh, one of the guys on the bench. I thought that was pretty funny, but it was a great thing that he gave that, you know, a little shout out to Kobe and they were able, you know, the camera guys did a great job, phenomenal job in the bubble, getting every little aspect, you know, since the fans aren't able to be there, it's like the camera crew is doing a great job getting like every little thing. So we can kind of feel like we're there, but, um, it was pretty amazing. I was a little disappointed, uh, with how the game ended, just because I felt like Denver really fought back in that game. And I kind of feel almost as if they deserved it. But then when you hit such a clutch shot like that with 0.2 seconds left on the clock, it's kind of like a given, you know, it's kind of like, you know what, you deserve it. We messed up. Um, but I did notice that Mike uh, Pl- Plumley, that got, uh, he was put into the game when when they called that timeout, he was put into the game. And it seemed like the defense kind of got thrown off when he was added into the equation. So when him and Jeremy Grant needed to do that switch up at the top of the key, it was kind of too late. And Anthony was already wide open on the three-point line. So everybody kind of saw how that broke down. And it was a little disappointing that that's how, like a little little mistake in that the game was over, you know? But I mean, kudos to AD and the Lakers Nation. That was a great shot. And um, yeah, everybody in the room felt it. It was great.
0: Do you think the Nuggets put up a win in this series? Do you think we're going to seven? Let me say. Let me ask that. Do you, Are uh, we going?
1: To I've, I've said from the very beginning that it was going to go in. Um, just because they are the comeback kids. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that the Lakers probably going to take the next game. They're going to be at a three to one deficit, and they're just going to rally back like they have been doing since they've entered the Orlando bubble. And I mean Jamal Murray man, that is he's went from a star to a supernova as Rachel, uh, Rachel Nichols mentioned on the jump today, because back, back in 2016, when they were in the playoffs, Michael Malone made a comment during the press conference that Jamal was inconsistent and that kind of word, he even talked about it and said it kind of, you know, made him upset that he was looked at as being inconsistent. So as the years have progressed, it's progressed and the seasons have gotten better for the Nuggets and they've added a lot of keys, uh, to the, that franchise, including Joker. Like, I think they're doing just a phenomenal job being elite now. And I mean, they're, they're matching They, they knocked out my Clippers. So it's like, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you never want to bet against the nuggets just because they just, they just seem so focused and the chemistry on that team is just outrageous and they have a deep bench as well. So I see them taking it to game seven against LeBron James and Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis.
0: For sure, I think what's great about the NBA playoffs is, especially in a bubble right now, is that you're seeing the truest form of all these players, all these teams. Like, there's no home court advantage, there's no fans yelling, and I know that takes like a really special element out of the playoffs. But it's also really fun to see these teams for what they are because they don't have all of those elements kind of weighing down on them. So you're really yeah. seeing like these true players, who they are, what they're capable of, and I feel like that's why we're having such a good product coming out of the postseason in the bubble is because like this is the first time these teams have played just as themselves. And I think the postseason looks so much different from the regular season um, in the best way, in the best way this year. And I didn't expect it, but one thing that, you know, we'll talk about, I'm not a, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. LeBron James is a little upset because he got 16 Mm -hmm. MVP votes Um, It is a regular season award, which was given to Giannis after he won defensive player of the year as well. What do you think LeBron James deserves to be the MVP? I know Anthony Davis thinks he does. I know a lot of Lakers homers and players, they think that he deserves it. Do you think LeBron James truly deserves to be regular season MVP?
1: um I mean with the season that Giannis had it's kind of hard to count against the guy I mean he is a lot younger than LeBron and LeBron's in his 17th season with plenty of MVPs as well as playoff MVPs as well finals MVPs his resume goes on and on so I it's not that I don't think he deserved it I just think Giannis put up more work and put up more stats during the regular season I mean. COVID did kind of deteriorate everything and just kind of eliminated the season for them. To me, I've kind of been feeling like this playoff bubble scenario is like a new season, like brand new because having that little bit of break from March to when they started, you know, a few months ago, it it gave us a chance to really see who was working in the off season when they had the time off. And of course, if you're LeBron James, you probably have a whole basketball court suited up in somewhere in your house. So, I mean, I don't think his, his game deferred out. at at all, but I don't really feel like he's that same elite, um, powerful player as he used to be. I feel like right now in this Lakers team that he's more of like a game, uh, a game motivator or somebody to mentor people, you know, his, his passes have been absolutely elite. So yeah, I mean, I think Giannis deserved it. And I think everybody needs to calm down about LeBron, not winning the MVP because most likely he's going to be, I mean, he has Great competition with AD along in his side, but I really feel like he's probably going to win finals MVP. So,
0: I mean, yeah. uh, calm down, everybody. I mean, and here's the thing is yeah, AD, plenty. Yeah, AD won't be complaining if he's the one winning finals MVP, I'm sure. But All I right. think it is, um, it's interesting because I think, I just think that there's so many different awards recognitions throughout the season, throughout postseason and regular season. And I don't I think people fully understand what each thing means so they kind of go off on these rants and it's like well okay when you look at the impact by a single player there's no one who compares to Giannis right like there is no one stats wise or just overall impact wise that Mm -hmm. compares to him this year and like you said I think LeBron is a game manager he's someone who he's in the locker room you can feel it you can feel him on the sidelines his presence is there and he manages the game but I agree. I just think his age is showing. And I think at this point, he's kind of taking that step back into that veteran role. He's been a veteran for a while, but I feel like this is the first time we're seeing him really step back into that role. And I think that is such a unique place for him to be. And I don't think people are used to seeing it. So, yeah, they're not, it's because they're not accepted of it
1: right now. They're just like, oh no, like LeBron is actually aging. He doesn't age like fine wine like everybody else, you know? Like, you know, with the years that are piling on and, and the the stress that he's put on his body. I mean, I, I only see him playing in the league for maybe if he wins a championship this year, I think you should just call it wraps, bro. Just end out on a good note. Like you killed it, you know, do it for do it for Kobe. But I think this if he wins a, like the the championship this season, I really feel like he should call it quits. But I mean. He probably does have a few more years left in the in the gas tank. Oh,
0: yeah. oh for sure. I mean, here's the thing. Is if Tom Brady's out there slinging passes, LeBron James could stay in the NBA for a hot minute, probably at least five more years. So I'm not...
1: Imagine him playing until his 40s. <laughs> Holy crap. That's insane. That's unheard of. It.
0: I don't doubt it. I think it's very interesting. Um, I, lo- I love who he is off the court as far as what kind of man he is, but... Oh, goodness. His whole persona drives me nuts. So the sooner, the right. better. I hope they win a championship just for that. So and speaking the- of playoffs, who do you have? Game four, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. Miami leads 2-1, <laughs> but I think we're, we're feeling the momentum switch a little. I think we've had, what, four days in between game three and four. Yeah. So coming out with like a clean slate, who takes this game?
1: so i have my money on the boston celtics having gordon hayward back on the starting roster yeah. is really a phenomenal thing he adds he he's adding 17 points a game you know almost 10 assists and he's re he's a rebound monster so i i really like gordon hayward being added to that addition and with that being said i feel like the celtics are going to take this game and probably the rest of the series but i mean then again you look at the other hand and you kind of like you don't want to bet against Jimmy Buckets because, I mean, the man's a monster. But what what is your take on it, Kaylee?
0: He's crazy. He's honestly more impactful to that team than even I anticipated him being. And that's saying something because obviously you look at where the Heat were prior to him coming there. And I think he's also – he's a big guy, like, in personality and impact. And I think he's done – everything in his power to kind of put them in the position to win, the right position to be successful. And I think, you know, he's selling coffee, he's flinging it, he's got the caffeine up, he's ready to go, he's looking good. But I don't think that – I don't think they beat a team with Gordon Hayward. And that's where I think they're going to get caught. And I think yeah. I think two games, you know, to pull him out, especially the way they pulled them out, fantastic. It's They're yeah. very fun to watch, but I don't think – I think they're. I, I, Boston's coming back. They're going to take it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a Boston Lakers finals. That's, that's what I'm anticipating just because, you know, throwback rivalry. You know, it's, it's been a a crazy year for everybody and it's kind of started off on the wrong foot losing such an iconic um, NBA player in Kobe. So I think there, it's going to be a a Lakers and Boston Celtics. And I would say that the Lakers are going to take it.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I, yeah, they're dominant.
1: <laughs> I want to know, know your reaction to that game where Bam Adebayo completely blocks and denies Jason Tatum at the rim. That was one of the most impressive blocks that I have seen so far in the bubble. I want to know your take on it. It's top ten for
0: sure. I think Bam, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. And <laughs> it, like I was watching it, and I was just like, I because. Here's the thing: is I tune into basketball at the opportune times, right? You know, like after All Star for the postseason. That's when I really kind of. When it catch really up. counts. Like, exactly. And tune in at the at the right times live, and I think to be able to catch that, see it, have to process it, rewatch it. I'm, I I was shook. I was like, okay, okay. I see you. Like, I see that. You got you. it going I, on, buddy. You got it going on. It was it was good. I was I was happy, you know. I was like, this is what postseason basketball is all about. That and overtime. And yeah. we're seeing it. We're seeing yeah. it happen. So bring me I those overtime
1: wins because they're just so intense. I just want to give a oh quick gosh. shout out to everybody that is in the comments. Totally appreciate you guys being here with Beauty and the Cleats episode five. And yeah, you guys have been phenomenal throwing some comments at us, but Give us some questions. If you guys want us to debate anything, throw it mm. up in the comments and let me and Kaylee hash it out. Yeah. Uh, looking good and sounding good. Thank you, JPP. Thank we you. We appreciate you tuning in and showing some love. Make sure to share on Facebook as well as Twitter. Yeah. Retweet that. everything that we do. Help us expand Please. and grow. Grow so, the uh, flow. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's switch gears to NFL. Yes. Let's, let's, let's recap football. week two because your Dallas Cowboys made – I won't say – an incredible comeback because we know the Falcons are prone to late game <laughs> poking um, when they should be winning. But let's just take, let's, I want to hear your thoughts. How, okay, how so, you
1: Dallas Cowboys one o'clock game against <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. It did. It's It started really rough. I would say that first quarter was almost like I was watching a JV team. They looked completely sloppy Defense, once again, started on their heels, completely let them get them their backs against the walls. They had three fumbles in 10 snaps. We had Zeke lose the ball. We had Dak lose the ball. It was just, it was a mess. And the play calling was not more impressive. So I was kind of like, what is going on? And then by halftime, it's like we were down by 21. And I'm, I, I was, it was, no, I'm sorry. It was 21-10. We scored in the second quarter. So it was just kind of like, when I was holding my breath throughout that whole game as I was, you know, trying to watch the Bucks game as well, which we will also elaborate on, Tom Brady and his performance in um uh, against the Panthers. They got a win. It was
0: awesome. Um, a margarita. Drinking? A margarita. Kinda. I have
1: uh, some pina grigio today, and she is uh, drinking a margarita. But, mm-hmm. yes, uh, the game turned around for us. I mean, Dak was – elite in the second half. I don't know. Yeah. They definitely got a talking to while they were in that locker room and they brought the heat in the second half and they put pressure on the offense and it was, it was great. It was a beautiful thing. And then with the whole Atlanta Falcons mishap is oh. worth the bag. Yes. Stack to the future is what I stand by and will always stand by. I mean, come on. He got NFC division MVP. Like, come on. it That's alone. And him and Zeke are just that dynamic duo, and they also got you know C.D. Lamb involved, mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper had a beautiful one-hand 43-yard uh, uh, cut, catch in the in the fourth quarter. Like they they brought the heat, so I was glad at the way that they come back. But when they were saying that they were going to try this, you know, onside kick, I was like, I was like, Ooh. I should just you know turn this off now. There's a minute and 13 seconds. Left in the fourth quarter, I'm not sure if I'm really ready to see it go down like this because I mean it is it is a crappy way to go out, especially when they <laughs> fought so hard to get back in that game. It was absolutely incredible to watch, but um yeah, I don't know. was really sure what I saw. Go ahead, Kaylee.
0: The Falcons. I mean, if you are the Falcons, grow up, land on the ball. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's terrible. I mean, first of all, Dan Quinn, your decision-making, going for two. I mean, when you're up 26-7, to stop. Stop. Don't do that. Why are you doing that in the first half? That point costed you the game. And then on top of that, you can't just fall on the ball on the outside kick. I mean, they lost it for themselves. Like, I will agree. I think Dak had a great second half. I think – the coaching got better in the second half. I won't say it was it was where they need it to be. Cause I think that's the yeah. thing is I I do think Dak is worth the bag, right? He's worth the contract, he's worth the money. I think right now their coaching is not meeting what his ability is. And same with yeah. Zeke, CD Lamb. I mean, they're they're stepping up and they're having good games, but why is the ball not in Zeke's hands more than it has been through week two? And I just don't they're not setting Dak up to be the best that he can be yet. Not to say it won't happen, but um, the Falcons just blew every opportunity decision-making wise they had in that game to really hold on to the win. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put most of the blame in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: it was, they had, they even had Julio Jones around that ball and it was kind of like, well, it was uh, like Evan said on Monday night of set the sales, make sure you guys are tuning in on Monday night and set the sales on Facebook. They're pretty awesome as well. Um, And me and Kaylee are participants in that podcast, but Evan mentioned it on Monday. It was like they were playing spin the bottle as the ball just literally spun in front of them. And they it's kind of like they almost didn't want to react until Dallas reacted, which it should have been the opposite. So yeah. it is very unclear if maybe they didn't understand the rules, which is kind of hard to say because like these are professionals. It's not like we're at a collegiate level or it's not like you're playing JV for a high school. Like this is this is the pros. So it's like you gotta know these kind of things. You cannot slip up and mistakes like that because it could cost you a game. Because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when when the when the season is said and done and you give people what, how many, how many wins and losses you have. Nobody really sits there and dissects like, Oh, you lost this game though, but you should have won. But no, it doesn't count that way. You know, at the end of the day, that's not how uh, the NFL is just handled. So, I mean, Atlanta just really dropped the ball and (laughs) the Dallas Cowboys were there to just pick it right back up. I mean, we got to give it to the kicker as well. Like,
0: Oh, Congrats. huge, huge yeah, props I great. mean,
1: I mean, I was, I was proud. It was. A we moment. love
0: kickers. We love kickers. I stand kickers. Um, yeah, I'll say that. Be nice to your kickers. But no, he did a fantastic job. I think that game, it just really sealed all of my opinions about the Falcons, and that just is what it is. It's you're not going to change my mind. But right. let's talk about week two injuries. Um. The NFL had quite an issue with injuries in week two. I think we had three starting QBs go down, not to mention a number of skills players, defensive players. And these aren't small injuries. They're very severe injuries that have most of these players out for a large portion of the season, if not the entire season. So what injury do you think is going to cost the most to their team? I mean, I'm going to lean at this point – Christian McCaffrey I think that's a huge one for the Panthers only because they don't have a lot else going on to be honest with you but they
1: just paid the man yeah they
0: just paid him they don't have a lot of room to really wiggle around I don't even know honestly who's on their depth chart so who do you think made the biggest impact on their with their injury and who do you think we're going to see struggle the most after week two due to injuries Okay, so
1: obviously I pay a lot of attention to the division that the Dallas Cowboys are in. So we have the New York Giants and they're a great organization that uh, won some Super Bowls. Back in the day with Eli, uh, I actually listened to a great interview with Eli where he <laughs> he tells Dan Patrick during this podcast that even if he could come back and play football, he wouldn't just because of how his years in the NFL ended. But on that note, uh, I mean, with Saquon Barkley's injury, I believe it was a torn ACL that's going to have him out for the remainder of the season. I mean, that was pretty much one of the only weapons that the New York Giants had. And I know that Jason Garrett, Mr. Clapper, that has left the Dallas Cowboys and joined the offensive uh, coordinators for the New York Giants. I mean, he's going to suffer because – from yeah. what I've read up on, they've designed their whole offense around Saquon. I mean, on pass receiving yards, on rushing yards, like he is their guy. He is their firepower. So without without him, it's like, what do you guys have? Who are we going to lean on? Like who's going to carry the team? I mean, they're really going to be missing those tree trunk thighs running into the end zone because he was one of the only players that could really get it done for the New York Giants. So I think that would be the – they picked up – Devonte today. Oh, did they really? Devonte Adams? Is that what we're talking about? Okay, I will definitely have to look into that cuz that's interesting, but I mean that's a really that's a really smart yeah. thing to do once you lose your your running back.
0: It's smart. I mean, he's not going to be as dynamic. I mean, just age, just his tenure in the league, I don't think is going to have the same effect on that offense as Saquon Barkley, but but it is um it's good for them. I mean, it's a good move. They needed yeah. someone. They had to do something. I think they're going to struggle regardless. I don't see Devontae Freeman coming in and making that big of an impact, but I do think that they they filled. A, uh, I don't know. I had I, I had
1: the Giants only winning five games this
0: season. To be honest, really, and that really was
1: fine. that was me being very generous.
0: <laughs> generous. I well, okay. I think I had them above. Washington, which obviously, um, week one kind of that was weird. So um, that was unexpected. So obviously now, yeah. I I mean, with the
1: Eagles, that's why they won because the Eagles can't get together. That's a fact. That's a fact. Speaking of Eagles, I just want to dab a little bit on Carson Wentz and how 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 sad it is to see such an elite quarterback at one point just look like he dig, like digressed so much after injury. Like, not for nothing, but watching him play is kind of just like, has he aged that fast? Like, I kind of feel like he just, you know, was that quarterback, you know, taking his team to the Super Bowl, getting injured, having Nick Foles come in. I, I feel like we were just there at his elite seasons, and now it just seems like he's playing so scared. So – yeah, everybody could say like, oh, it's injury and they'll be back. But it, it's like some pla- some players never kind of like let that go. And they're never really the same once they come back from injury because they're just so worried about re-injuring that same leg. So Wentz sucks a lot. I
0: like that. That's cool. I, I agree. Um, I agree with that comment. Thank you, Facebook user. But, um, I, you know, I think that he hasn't had – He's injury-prone, so obviously he's going to play scared. You can tell he's playing scared um, for good reason. I mean, as someone who's been injured and dealt with that, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I think you can't come in and be elite or even be really top 10 in this league, especially right now when we have really an overflow of great quarterbacks. I mean, we've got great great rookie quarterbacks, great quarterbacks coming off the bench. I mean, Justin Herbert just threw for 311 yards last minute. I mean, you've got all these guys who are really showing out this year. And I think we, we kind of went through that quarterback, you know, where we didn't have any, and there were none in the draft and no one to pick up and no veterans really hanging on. And now we've got all of these quarterbacks coming out of the woodworks. And I think he's not what people thought he was. And I think that is the toughest part. And I think that's what people are struggling to really come to terms with because they did invest a lot in him. And You know, they gave away Foles who led them to a Super Bowl, obviously. So I think there is a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to Carson Wentz. I don't think he's that good. I think I think we're seeing what he truly is. And I think because he has such short stints with injury kind of sprinkled in, we never really got to see him develop, but they also aren't doing him any favors, right? Like on offense, they're very, very shallow. They don't have a lot of weapons. They don't have a lot of depth. They're not really surrounding him with people who are going to be those playmakers and really get open and make the plays that he needs them to make. So the whole offense is really riding on him. And I think that's a really terrible place for him to be with his, history of injury and I think that's a lot of I don't know I mean their O-line might be okay but I still think either way that's too much to put on him as a quarterback right. maybe other quarterbacks who are a little more mobile but I don't see mm-hmm. him lasting that long and I also don't see them you know I don't know that he'll get injured but I just don't see him lasting that long regardless because I don't think I'm yeah. going to be able to give them the you know turnout that they're looking for
1: Right. Let's talk about some more injuries since there were yeah. so many injuries happening in week two. So the 49ers really got hit as well as our fantasy league because I decided <laughs> to pick up Jimmy G last week because we had a we added a we had a spot available um, for our roster. So I added Jimmy G and I decided to play Jimmy over Minchu. Kaylee, go ahead and tell me why I messed up on
0: that. Guys, guys, I Whew. She texted me and she was like, should we put in Jimmy G? I don't know because I also believe in Minshew magic. And I was just like, you know what? She didn't
1: respond. So she left Thank me out there to hang and dry and make the decision on my own. And I'm like, "This we're supposed to be game managing this league together.
0: Gardner Minshew put up 30 points on the bench with Jimmy G going out <laughs> after 16 points. It doesn't matter. I don't think we would have won the game anyways.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, we got blown out by like Yeah, yeah. Points. We yeah, got blown so out like, Because like Julio Jones did not even did nothing for us. He's like scored 4 points in fantasy when he was projected to score like 18 against Dallas. My gosh. And I think Julio? it's hilarious cuz I literally sat there watching my Dallas Cowboys uh play Atlanta Falcons and I wanted Julio to do well and that's he how that's how fantasy like gets to you. It, it really he gets dropped. to
0: people that way. He dropped a touchdown pass. He is supposed to be the wide receiver of the NFL. Drops a touchdown pass that was perfectly thrown. By the way, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Like, let's not get anything confused. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. That was a perfect throw, perfectly placed in Julio Jones' hands, and he drops it. So, I'm not saying that one touchdown would have saved our fantasy week, but it would have. Helped and it would have saved their game. So, again, I say to the Falcons, especially Julio Jones, grow up, catch the ball, suck it That's up, Buttercup. It. That's all I have to say about it. Cause I'm, I was a little heated. I'm not going to lie to you. Probably more heated than I should have been. But, um, yeah, that was unacceptable. That's unacceptable for my starting fantasy wide receiver. So,
1: so Facebook user put in the comments that first quarterback QB and team history. Oh, I'm sorry, first Jags quarterback and team history to throw three touchdowns in three straight
2: games.
0: I love Gardner Minshew. I'm not going to stop saying it. You're going to hear it every single episode. Sorry, Ruth. But did we, you guys lose to the
1: Colts though? Is that what happened?
0: No, we beat the Colts week one and we lost to the Titans last week in the Tennessee. Titans, that's who it
1: was. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we honestly looked really, really great. And that was the only time we've lost to the Titans. And I was like, you know what? Okay. There it was a mix of bad refereeing, to be honest with you. There was a couple bad calls that were just very clearly not in our favor. Um not saying that that would have changed everything, but it definitely would have freaking helped. But right, right. His, I feel
1: like the refs have such an input on these games so sometimes much.
0: and it's just total BS. So much, even the announcers were like, Okay, well, Tennessee is getting the calls today. And I'm like, Thank you. Yo, Thank I you.
1: love it when they're they show the honesty because everybody sees it. So I'm like, I'm glad that we're not all trying to like My pretend God. like we didn't see a missed call. But um yeah, so Kaylee, I think we have our, our guests waiting for us in the Me backstage. Too.
0: We do. We, we do. do.
1: We do. So we have a treat for everybody today. Thank you so much again for tuning in for episode five of Beauty in the Cleats with Kaylee Tchaikovsky and Ruth the Truth Kakias. And did I get it right this time?
0: You? Yeah. Your own name? Oh, my name? No, you're... <laughs> yeah, I was like, Kakias, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got it right. <laughs> really- yeah, yeah, you got it right. Good job. Good job.
1: finally, finally. Finally. Uh, go hi. ahead, Evan, play her intro if you would like so everybody can uh, know who we have coming in. Oh, oh she's here.
2: Wow. Uh, hi, guys.
0: Hi. Hi,
2: hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm in my car. It's a long work day. <laughs> no, it's okay. As long okay. as we can see that
1: pretty little face. Thank you so, so oh, much for joining you. us for episode five of Beauty and the Cleeds. I want you to take the floor right now and just let everybody know a little bit about yourself and how you got into the sports
2: industry. Sure. So... um. Yeah. Long story short, I grew up around sports. Um, My dad played for the minors for a couple of years for the tigers. And um, that was just kind of how we grew up. I mean, we'd, we'd sit around the dinner table and talk about, you know, whatever games were on that weekend. So, um, So yeah, so I kind of started that way. And then um, I knew at a really young age, I wanted to work in sports, because I love the connection between athletes and, um, and the fans that obviously love them. And the only person that can really connect those two is reporters. So I knew I wanted to get into sports reporting somehow. Um, And then took off in college, I got a degree in in sports broadcasting. And then um, when I got when I was a sophomore in college, I got an internship at the station I work at now. Um, and it kind of, that kind of uh, happened. And then when the, when this whole quarantine situation started, that's when the videos kind of kind of came to be, so.
1: <laughs> right, right. Can you tell the audience yeah. a little bit about your TikTok videos and how you're inspired to do such a funny concept? Because they're freaking amazing. When I saw them, I was like, I need this girl on the show. I need this girl.
2: <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah, so. Um, they kind of started, like I said, when when quarantine hit. Um, it hit my station really hard, and. We um, kind of were at a standstill when it came to sports because we covered a lot of local sports and obviously those weren't happening. So um, these videos kind of came to be when I was kind of, you know, I didn't have work. And I immediately thought of, you know, how the Big Ten and how kind of other conferences or other teams are handling this whole pandemic and how that's going to affect upcoming football season. And so obviously all we had to go off of were Zoom calls. And uh, that was kind of the I put two and two together and thought, you know, if these teams want a football season, they're going to turn to Zoom calls. To try and get this season started, and uh, and then I thought of the rivalries and you know the drama of the NFL and how that kind of would play out in a Zoom call. That's that's kind of okay. how it just got from there. Well, <laughs> they are it. hilarious and
1: amazing. Um, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and have access to these awesome videos that you posted.
2: Absolutely. So my um you or my tag on Twitter is Yay! at Annie Agar. Um handle on TikTok is Annie Agar Five, and same on Instagram as well.
1: All right, so make sure all of our viewers are following Annie because she is up to craziness and she's super funny. So make sure you're checking out her her uh, TikTok videos. Annie, we're going to jump into some football. So I want to know, how has your first two weeks of the NFL been? And let us know who's your team that you follow.
2: Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's been a a whirlwind of a two weeks. I mean, we went from having zero football to having, you know, a million injuries in one week and uh, all of our fantasy football leagues pretty much screwed. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm a Packers fan, which is very interesting. Born and raised in Michigan. Um, Yeah. Detroit fans do not think that's a good thing. I'm uh, not, not a fan of me being here at all. <laughs>
1: um, it's okay. I'm from Pennsylvania and I'm a Dallas fan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that. I feel
1: your pain. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but you had a great weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah. We the boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's, and people constantly say, well, obviously you're a Packers fan because they're, you know, the better team in the NFC North, but my good girlfriend growing up was a huge Packers fan. Um, all her family was from Wisconsin and I used to go over to her house on Sundays and I realized really quickly that those people were a lot happier on Sunday afternoon than my family <laughs> was rooting for the Lions. So, um, so I was like, you know, at a really young age, this is, seems like the right choice. <laughs> Seems like the right thing to do.
1: Brett Favre sure. is throwing these gunslingers so I have no choice.
2: Oh gosh, he was uh, and he was probably the first football player I actually, you know, watched and fell in love with and um yeah, and then when when Aaron Rodgers came in, I the that situation was super weird, but I knew I liked Aaron. Kind of the same thing with like the Jordan Love situation now and all that drama there. So yeah, so how did that
1: make you feel to know that they drafted uh, you know, a quarterback in the first round? Did you yeah. did you feel the pain that Aaron was going through? Cause he was sipping on tequila to try to <laughs> calm his nerves as Kayla sipped on her tequila.
2: Yeah, I know, I love that. Is that a margarita?
0: Yes, it is. It it is. It.
2: That's my go to.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So when that when that oh my gosh, I think I have a reaction video out there somewhere. I'm so, <laughs> so mad. But it wasn't so much that we drafted him. In hindsight, I think it's a good pick um, for our future. But it was the fact that we traded up for him. Oh my gosh, I was so livid when we needed wide receiving core. We needed. We still need a good secondary. Yeah. So I was not not pleased with it. But um, but yeah, looking towards the future, I think if Aaron, especially if Aaron, somehow if we win it all this year, I think he'll he'll be looking for looking for places to move to next year so
1: right and you'll go along with them or are we going to stay you're going to ride die at green bay
2: i would yeah i tend to be more if it's an nba player then i'll kind of i'll jump around because i feel like that's such an individualistic sport but with football yeah, I'll mm-hmm. right okay awesome.
1: so i i have one more question for you and then i'm going to let kaylee take the mic okay, okay so brett farves was at the tampa bay buccaneers game this past sunday i guess he's recording something for nfl how did it make you feel as a Green Bay fan knowing that he was rocking the old school Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, t-shirt at the game as he was there representing Tom Brady?
2: Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It was very—it right. was, it was almost like surreal to see that because I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <That's so surreal. laughs> Um, but, um, I think, I mean, yeah, if I, I'm sure it was for, you know, the, it's the bucks, everybody's jumping on that bandwagon this year and which so is frustrating to me too, because we finally, it was like the Tom Brady era kind of ended, right. We were thinking, okay, the, the Pats are going to break up a little bit. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, um, you know, when you, when you're in, in school and they pick all the good players for kickball or for, you know, whatever, and then they break up and they they have to resplit up teams and you're like, okay, finally, now we're getting back into the competitive spirit. And then Everybody freaking goes to Tampa Bay. I don't don't <laughs> understand it. But um, but yeah, so I'm sure it had something to do with that. But it was really weird to see it. And, and the fact that, you know, Brady's having, you know, success with Gronk and all those guys is it's interesting to see once again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Awesome. So I wanna take it back to your TikTok stardom. I'm, I hopped on the bandwagon like early last summer. So I've just been consuming a lot of TikTok content, like doing the dances in public. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's not a ton of women in the sports industry, especially like reporters or sideline reporters, who are doing kind of what you're doing. And I think it's interesting because how does it feel to kind of bring in that comedic and more personal side of your personality into content like that when normally, you're just straight reporting or you're really sticking to facts or kind of, I guess, game based opinions?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, when I kind of got into this industry, too, I as a female, I thought, you know, when I'm talking sports, i in my I've spoken with a lot of people I work with said the same thing. I, my voice drops an octave lower. And I mm-hmm. try to you know, give this macho like, yeah, I know sports type of thing. But um, the more I got into the industry, the more I realized that personality is so important in sports. Like it's just, I mean, look at you guys, you know, we're having fun. Like sports is supposed to be fun. And, um, and it didn't really hit me until over quarantine when I'm, I, you know, trying to look for that next step in my career and, um, spoke with a couple higher up people in the industry and they said, you got to just just do you. If people don't like it, then they don't like it, but at least you tried and you were, you know, real out there. And so, um, when these videos, I mean, I didn't plan on these videos going viral. I didn't mean to do them to kind of get recognition. I did them as a fun thing to do. I mean, TikTok is this new, you know, for a millennial like me, I was like this new thing. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try it. And, um, and yeah, and I think that is a great thing to remember in the sports industry is just to bring your personality because everybody's going to want to be you know smart and think the same and try and you know have this um this prestigious you know um aura about them when they come into the industry but it's all about just it's sports at the end of the day you know we're here to just talk about it and have fun and um yeah and kind of leave like the politics out and just have fun with it yeah i think that's why it's so important that you know females are starting to get
1: recognized in this industry because we're not men, we don't have that testosterone, we don't have that constant trying to beat each other up and try to be so macho, we bring the realness and that's why it's so important for females to stand up and be a part of the sports world because it's not just for guys, because I have a lot of, you know, a lot of my girlfriends are always looking at me like, how are you so intrigued by this? But it's just, I mean, it's something that you're definitely born with, like you said, you've been in sports since you were very young and I was growing up, I was an athlete and I played every sport under the book, but basketball is definitely my baby um but yeah that that definitely played a lot into me choosing to you know pursue something and something that i've already been so invested in in all my life i'm like why not just try to make this like the rest of my life since i've been doing it the past 25 years so yeah that's definitely my take on it but i wanted to ask you a question i don't know if you know the reporter um maria taylor Mm -hmm. so I i just read an article today that she's kind of been put on blast by the media With her response on Twitter when somebody called her out, um, I forget the gentleman's name, but somebody called her out about being a part of the NBA ballot when it came to her forgetting to put AD as one of her top three choices. I wanted to know your take on how women are being criticized by men, and how you think that it's better for us to handle it, and how you know how we should just deal with that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I I know, I
1: know that you felt it because we all have, you know.
2: Right. Yeah. And even with the recent videos I've done, you know, when ESPN has put them out, I mean, it gets guys that I don't, you know, random guys from California, you know, saying things that shouldn't be said, but um, I, and I just was asked this question the other day and I, you know, when we get into sports as females, we already know the challenges. We know we can't get one thing wrong because people are on us like that. And I, when, I, whenever someone asked me that and they're like, oh, it's just so tough for you out there. I'm like, yeah, but we don't go into it and think, okay, like we, we want, you know, we want to be treated differently because we're women. We go in and we say, no, we're going to be, you know, tough as hell. We're going to know, if not more than the guys are that are in the same industry. And if we get a job, it's because we worked our ass off, not because, you know, we we got special credit or special attention because we're a female. And so I think, you know, that's kind of my, Um, The way I look at it going in, I don't you know, I don't expect extra attention. I expect it to be even tougher, um, which sucks sometimes. But, you know, that's that's how it's going to be. And there are advantages women have. And if we focus on those, you know, like you said, the being nice and not having to deal with, you know, men criticizing you all the time and wanting, you know, your job and not really um being being nice in this industry and that's i think that's where women can really take over is kind of uniting and just saying you know we're we're all in this together we're gonna work our butt off help each other out and you know succeed that way
0: for sure for yeah, sure absolutely.
1: so let's talk a little bit of nfl um what are some matchups that you were excited about this weekend
2: oh gosh um obviously packer saints <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think yes yes that'll be a really good game um i don't remember who's playing tomorrow night even. Thursday.
1: Yeah. 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 I think Miami teams going at it and FSU also plays the hurricanes this weekend as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, Florida teams going at it this weekend. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. I'm excited. And I'm looking for it. Yeah. So yeah, I think those will, I think those will be good. Um, Trying to think of what else is going on this weekend. The Cowboys uh, play the Seahawks. How do you think that uh, Dak Prescott <laughs> is going
1: to level up to Russell? You know, with everything that he's been doing, throwing yeah. for five touchdowns.
2: Oh my gosh, it's been unreal. Like some of the quarterbacks, I thought they have a good year. I mean, they're blowing, blowing me out of the water. I can't even, I can't even, yeah, believe it. But um, I had, I have two fantasy leagues. I have to remember who I have on each one.
1: Right. <laughs> <But laughs> hey, there's so the much to keep up
2: one. with. Oh my gosh, I had Saquon on the other, and that, that one, I just.
1: Oh like,
2: yeah, no. going to worry about that later. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I th- I really like the Cowboys this year. I mean, they CD Lamb is un- unreal, I think. Like I knew coming in it was going to be super fun to watch him. So, um yeah, to see him to see him perform the way he has is really cool. Dak Dak is kind of a I don't know. I don't think I mean, people give him credit obviously, but I think he's he's elite, you know. if not going to be pretty soon here. Um right. And I knew coming into the season, they wouldn't run as much just with McCarthy's offense um, coming from, you know, the Packers and everything. Um, But I think Zeke's gotten a lot of touches, too. So I think that's I think that's been really good for them. So that'll be a really interesting game. I think. Yeah, I don't know. And and it's weird, too, this year because you don't really have home field advantage. You know, it's it's I mean, obviously, for, you know. Different for certain teams, there is, but it's just it's not the same. Like, you don't know yeah, have- the Seahawks are not going to have uh fans in the stands,
1: and I don't think Tampa Bay is going to have any fans in the stands until like what week four or, or maybe even uh, further, I feel yeah, like like sometime in October, which I think is so weird and it's kind of undeserving for Tom Brady to finally be coming to Tampa Bay and then he doesn't even have I any fans, I like really be I cheering know. him on.
2: I see, so, yeah, imagine. that would be that would take away so much. Energy for me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it it kind of like blacks out any kind of thought. I feel like when you have, hear the crowd just crazy behind you. Right now, it's just yeah, like it's it's like who do you play for? You play for what the social media comments after the game? For <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> exactly. After? Yeah, Martin Gramatica,
1: who I host the show with in the um in the mornings, he actually mentioned that you know without people being in the stands, you could hear all the trash talking that's oh, going yeah. on in the field, and that's really difficult for people to handle sometimes. Because I mean, I know that there's probably a lot of unnice words that are getting thrown around and probably a lot of right. your mama jokes and stuff like that. So it must be tough for those players and especially the kickers to stay focused. So I'm hoping that we can get people back in the stands as soon as possible so we can kind of alleviate some of the, right. the disruption going on in the field.
2: Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. And sometimes when you hear, you can hear them, the, the not nice words when they're, you know, when <laughs> the cameras kind of zoom in and because it is, it's just dead silence there. It's, it's wild.
0: Right. Go ahead, Kaylee.
2: The MBO, MD- oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you're good. Um, so my I had a question just about, you know, connecting with athletes in a time where you don't get to really kind of be around them. Obviously, you had Desmond Howard kind of call out your little video when it first blew up in the Big 10. So, I thought that was really cool. Are you using any sort of like content strategy to connect to athletes in a way that you now can't do to COVID or health protocol in like, obviously, that wasn't an issue in previous years. But is there anything specific challenge wise that you're seeing not being able to kind of be face to face with athletes? And are you doing anything to kind of combat that on the content side?
2: Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really good. Um, so we do, like I said, at at work, we do a lot of high school sports here. So that hasn't been too much of an issue. Um, I actually was covering high school practices tonight and they, as long as they had masks on, we were, you know, and we were six feet apart, we could, we could be around them. So that wasn't too bad. But When it comes to college games, which the big 10, when that starts up for us, um, I think that will be a huge roadblock because we, you know, we would go into um, the, you know, where the pressers were and we'd be able to get one-on-ones with the players and talk to coach and, um, you know, and and just a lot more accessible than what I think it's going to be. And even just walking out with the, with the players through the tunnel. I mean, they, they were, Mm -hmm. you know, cautious of what the media was doing, but they didn't at the end of the day, media is media. And they, we had access to everybody and everything. So I think from a, from a media perspective, that's going to take a big toll because you do lose that connection with the athletes and being able to get that personal, you know, time with them. Um, so I think that's where social media is going to take over because I I myself have already, you know, spoken with a lot of people in the industry and, and made connections I would never have made if it weren't for quarantine, because you don't really think about, you know, right. you think well, I'll see them at a game. I'll just talk to them then. But it's the time away from that when everybody's struggling with the same thing where you can really connect. And I think social media has really helped out with that.
1: Yeah. Thank God
2: for social media. Cause that's how I found you. <laughs> and that's, why, that's
1: how I've been able to connect uh, to a lot of women and, and men in the industry is Twitter. Twitter is such a crazy, yeah. Oh, yeah. crazy tool. And, uh, and I'm really, I'm really happy for you that your, your followership has been blowing up since you released these videos. So keep it going, girl. I really appreciate you coming on to episode five of beauty and the cleats and we will be having you uh, sometime on the show later on. Maybe in this season, maybe if Tampa Bay and Green Bay, do they play? Do they have I, a matchup between them? I think I do. they sure. do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Later in the season.
1: Yeah, okay, no. so you will definitely we'll be back, back on the show. So, so we will definitely that. debate that for sure.
0: <laughs> so thank you so it's much.
1: Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine, though. As long as we have you, it's okay. So <laughs> it's go ahead and take a minute to let our viewers know where mm-hmm. they can find you and, yeah, where to find you on Twitter and all that.
2: Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. If you want to, if you guys want to follow me at Annie Agar on Twitter, um, Annie Agar5 on TikTok and Instagram.
1: Awesome. Thank you so
0: much. Thank
2: you so much for having me on. This is so fun. All right. You enjoy the rest of your night and uh, have a great season. Perfect. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.
1: All right, Kaylee. So we are going to wrap things up as um, we say bye to to Annie. So that was a great interview.
0: Oh, she's great. She's great. Yeah, she's fabulous. I'm definitely going to, now yeah. that
1: I uh, have a uh, TikTok, I'm going to try to learn how to use it. And I'm going to make I'm sure excited. I'm following all these content creators so we can yeah. figure something out. So, I know. I'm yeah, excited. for uh, Kaylee and I's TikTok and uh, we will be mm. posting it on our Instagram and Facebook. So you guys can follow us on there because yep. we are going to make some uh, crazy football content to go along with our show. Just to, to oh, add God. a little bit of spice. Yeah. Um, just for a score update, we have Game... Game four of the Celtics in Miami. The score is four to six with eight minutes left in the first quarter.
0: So, and the yeah. lightning are up two to one. So The lightning the are up two to one. All right. It's a yeah. good day so We're board. going. We're going. Yeah. No, I'm excited for us to get some embarrassing TikToks up on the gram and on TikTok. So, yeah, you know, week five or episode five. We killed episode it. Episode five. As down usual. in the books guys follow us on instagram at beauty and cleats podcast on twitter at beauty underscore cleats on youtube um i think it's just beauty and the cleats and on facebook beauty and the cleats we're live every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time and we will see you next week
1: follow follow have a great night
0: bye